Good morning, Sterling Baptists. Ah, far better. So great to be with you guys uh, this morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Joey. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, Such a privilege just to be able to share God's word and to be able to worship with you. And for those of you who are visiting us, we just want to extend a warm welcome to you. Say, it's great to have you. Dear Lord, we are so thankful that we are able to come and worship our King. That the Lord that's, uh, and God that created this universe by simply speaking has taken time to speak into our lives. So I pray, Lord, that you'd be gracious to me that as I speak, that you'd use my simple explanations to impact our lives. Um, would you speak powerfully? We don't want to leave this place going, oh, that was nice, but going away going, I've met with Jesus. Um, so would your, your spirit just pour out upon us, we pray. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, will you please open them up to the book of 2 Peter, 2 Peter, chapter 3, verses 18. Um, 2 Peter, chapter 3, verses 18, if you're looking for it, it's right near the back, one of the last books. So 2 Peter, chapter 3, verses 18. I don't know why I put that lid back on. I'm going to need to take it off later. Um, while you're turning there, let me just tell you how I decided to come to this. I got free range to preach on, on whatever I wanted to. And uh, sometimes this is great, but sometimes it's as hard as a preacher because now you've got to choose. Out of the whole Bible, you've got to choose something to preach on. And well, I was praying about it and I felt the Lord lead me to this particular passage or this particular topic at least. And uh, how it happened was, in the end of the year, uh, my wife and I headed off, Alyssa, we headed off to the Shire. And uh, it's a little place in Stutterheim. Some of you might have been there before. Uh, it's absolutely beautiful. Little like wood cabins. There's four of them, but 150 meters apart. So there's nice privacy. There was zero cell phone signal. Um, so absolutely fantastic. Could now and again send a WhatsApp through to my family to tell them we're still alive. Um, but there was a little, a little river that ran past, forest right there, sounds of crickets. It was absolutely gorgeous. Got loads of reading done, loads of resting, and an odd nap here and there as well. Uh, so really, really rested. But it was during this time that I started to think about 2016. It wasn't intentional. I just started to contemplate 2016, what had gone on. But a part of that was this question, um, how had I grown? Was the Joey at the end of 2016 a better man, closer to God, better in character and a better friend than he was when he started 2016? And so I started pondering on this and I came to some conclusions. That there were one or two areas that I had grown, thankfully, but there were also one or two areas that I had stayed seriously stagnant in, that I could say I was roughly the same. And to my horror, I also noticed that there were quite a few areas in which I had decreased in, that I would have rather been Joey at the beginning of 2016 than the one that was at the end. And it was at that moment that there was this real conviction and real desire, as part of the books I was reading my time in God's word, just this real desire and hunger to have more of God, to grow, to be the man that I need to be, because a year of non-growth is one year too long. 
And so this morning, what are we going to unpack, and I, and I hope this is relevant to you as well, is we're going to unpack this idea of growth. How do we grow? Why is it important to grow? And hopefully we together as a, as a body can be growing together, moving forward. So let's turn our attention to 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 18. Sorry, can I, can I just get dropped down a little? I feel a little well. Thank you. Um, in chapter, uh, verse 18, it says this. Just this one verse, we're going to read it twice. It says, By, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus, of our, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Verse 18, it says again, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to stop there. Here, um, Peter is saying, Grow. Grow in the grace. Grow in knowledge. There is this command in Scripture for us not to be stagnant, but that we need to be a people that are moving forward, that are growing. We see this not only once off at the end of a small little letter in Scripture, but Peter in his previous letter to the the small churches of Asia Minor, he says to them that they must desire spiritual milk so that they might grow into their salvation. We see Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 3.18. He says that it is by the Spirit that we are transformed from one degree of glory to another in the image of Christ. That there's this growth that happens. Ephesians 5 verse 1, we told that we must imitate God as children. As children look to their father and copy him. So we must look to our heavenly father and copy him and take on his character and grow. But in this particular passage, we see that Peter discusses two things, to grow in grace and to grow in knowledge. I'm not going to discuss knowledge too much. We're going to touch on it a little later. But I really want to unpack this idea of what does it mean to grow in grace? Well, firstly, it does not mean a justification-type grace. Um, What I mean by that is we're not talking about that we earn more of God's favor, that I must grow more and more into the favor of God. I must grow and make sure God loves me more and more, that I become more secure in God. I'm not talking about that. You see, the thing is, is when we cross the line of faith, when we believe from that very moment we believe until the day we breathe our last breath, we are continuously always 100% loved by the Father. He loves us 100% from the moment we believe. It doesn't matter when, what job we take, where we move, uh, our, what actions we do. As a loving, perfect Father, He continuously loves us 100%. We are continuously, fully secure in the Father. That's absolutely fantastic. That brings us comfort as Christians, knowing that different stages of life, different seasons that we come through, that regardless, this heavenly Father loves us 100%. Regardless of our race, regardless of our language, regardless of our culture, regardless of our gender, does not matter. God loves us 100%. That we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, co-heirs, that the foot of the cross is a level playing field always for us and that we can receive 100% of his love. So what then, if it doesn't mean a justification-type grace, what then is Peter speaking about? 
Well, I think here that what Peter is referring to is the graces in which we receive from the Holy Spirit when we believe. And this is things like a fullness of hope, a fullness of love, the ability to be able to experience repentance, courage, zeal, humility, these things in which we get to experience as Christians and we can grow in these graces as we go along. We need to go from being weak to being strong, from being small to being great in these areas. And the thing is, we need to be careful here, is that different seasons bring different challenges for us, even with regards to the same thing. So some of you own businesses for many, many years, and some of you are starting out in business. The, the, the person who is starting out in business, and for those of you who did 20 years ago, you would remember those times when you didn't have the clients that you wanted. That, t- that times were tough, difficult, that you didn't know whether or not you were going to give enough money to pay the bills, never mind put food on the table. And you had to trust, and your faith was growing, and you had to trust in God to provide. 20 years on the line, down the line, though, you've got the clientele that you want. You've got, uh, the bank account is bigger than it was, and you've got enough money there if things go wrong. The danger here is that you might possibly lose faith and not grow in faith as God is provider. Why? Because you've got the bank account that can. So there's different challenges for us in different seasons. For the guy who's starting out, it's tough. It's he, his challenge is that he needs to have faith in God to provide, to make sure he comes through. For the successful, established businesswoman or businessman, for them, it is that they need to trust in God even though that they are established and have faith as he is the provider and not their bank accounts. And so we've got different areas in which we need to grow in and different struggles as we go through life. So we need to grow. But Joey, why do we need to grow? What benefit is there if it's, if it's not a a justification, if it doesn't make me more saved and I'm 100% loved by God always through my life, regardless, why is there need to go? Well, there are some benefits to it. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at some of these benefits. There's other things. We're going to look at these quickly in three categories. How these benefits relate to us, how they relate to others, and how um, they relate to, to God. And the first one is that how does it relate to us? All right. Um, The first is that God has come along and in his wisdom, very intelligently, because he's God, he has made it it in such a way that when we grow, we are most happiest in our faith. We are most happiest with our Christianity. We are most happiest with God. Some of us are so unhappy in our faith, it means nothing. It doesn't have anything in there. It's because we aren't growing. But God has made it in such a way that when we grow, he, um, we are most happy. We see this in John 10, verse 10, a part of the I am the shepherd statement that we kind of spoke about today, is that he says that I have come to give a life and life abundantly, an abundant life, a fullness of life. But that very Jesus who promises that he's come to do that is the very Jesus who says, live like this, live like that, do this, do that, don't do this. Surely then the God who promises an abundant life and yet give us commands on how to live that life is so that we might have that abundant life. We need to grow, and when we do, we 
experienced joy in our faith. The second thing is it also benefits others. You see, for, for the person um, who isn't growing, their testimony to, to others isn't nearly as strong. A man who struggles with the same sins, the same failures, and the same weaknesses every single year, year after year after year, is not necessarily setting a good testimony to those in which he proclaims the gospel to, in whom he is saying, Jesus is my savior, he has changed my life. It doesn't necessarily work like that. You see, because someone who comes along and says, Jesus is my savior, but yet has struggles, yet has hardships, yet has failures, but over the time, by the grace of Jesus, he's able to become, overcome those. His weaknesses become strengths. His sins start to disappear. He starts to love. He starts to care in where he didn't. For those on the outside hearing a gospel preached, they go, there's life there. There's change there. There's something different about that man. He proclaims a gospel that has changed him, and I can see the change in front of me. Us growing benefits others. But also, for lack of description, it benefits God as well. We see here in 1 Thessalonians verse 4, it says that it pleases God. It pleases God. It says here, Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that you receive from us how you ought to walk, and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. As we grow, God is pleased by it. Like a loving father who gets excited when the kids grow, so our father in heaven grows. I have a, a, little, uh, um, a little nephew. I don't have kids of my own yet. And, um, and I've got a little nephew named, we call him Tagi. And uh, Tagi, every time I pick him up, I grab him, I pick him up. He just points in certain directions. He doesn't really want to, um, to go to a particular area. He just goes, and then that's where you need to walk. And as you get there and you stop, he points elsewhere. It's just like you continuously have to walk. And uh, Teggy has this awful habit. He doesn't know he, he's doing it, obviously. But he points with his middle finger. It's not very... It's a, it's not rude, it's natural, but he is, we've just made it rude. But anyway, we've got to try teach him out of this habit. So now we, every time we say goodbye to him, we go, taggy finger, you know, like fist bump and number three, but one of them's finger, and we do this finger. And, uh, and he gets it right, and then he starts to point with this finger. And we get so excited. I mean, we're like, yay, Taggy, well done, Taggy, you did such a good job. You know, he gets overly excited by a kid using his little finger. We bought him a golf set for Christmas. I don't know. He's like 14 months old. We got him a golf set. And he, um, and he stands and he barely hits the ball ever. He more like he throws the clubs and he actually uses them properly. And when he hits the ball, we're like, oh, look at that. Look how amazing he is. He's so good. We just love him to bits. In a very similar fashion, our Father in heaven, when he sees us grow, perfect love for us, looks at us and is so pleased. He sees us wrestle with sin and loves it when we conquer it. When we, we start to love those who annoy us, he gets happy. He is pleased by our growth. So it benefits, benefits us, others, and God. He is pleased by it. Okay, Joey, so, so there is some benefit for me to grow, but how do I know whether or not I'm growing? So what are some of the marks of growth? And the first one is humility. Humility. We see in Matthew 5, verse 3, Jesus has just sat down on a hill, uh, got his disciples around him. He's about to teach one of the biggest portions of teachings that we have in Jesus continuously, and that's the Sermon of the Mount. 
and he's about to start off, and he starts off the sermon and this teaching by his with this one statement. Um, it's a part of the Beatitudes. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. When I first read this, I was like, what does that mean? What does it mean to be poor in spirit? Does it mean spiritually bad, unhealthy? No, it doesn't. What Jesus is referring to here when he says, blessed is the poor in spirit, he's saying that in contrast to God, we've realized how sinful we are. We've looked to our our Father in heaven. We've looked to how holy he is, how mighty he is, how great he is. And in contrast to that, in light of who he is, and in self-reflection, we notice that we have fallen short. That we are sinful and we have not made it. That there is a giant chasm between us and God. A chasm that we cannot bridge, but only through the grace of Jesus and his death on the cross, that we are able to bridge this gap. And so we are, as, as we grow and as, this is, as we get more and more closer to God and we see him more and how bigger he is, we realize that we thought the chasm was this wide, but actually it's this wide. It's far greater than we ever thought. And this is fundamental to our growth because if we start to think, yeah, I'm closing that gap. I've got this. I'm getting there. I'm the guy. Then we start to become conceited. We start to diminish and make less of the work of Christ, what he's done on the cross. Humility, this type of humility is foundational to our growth. If we are not humble in a sense that we go, we are sinful in light of this great God, that we need him for salvation and grace alone, we will not grow. And if we do, it will be very slow. Look at at the rest. Based on this idea of humility, it is only by this that we are able to mourn our sin and be comforted. It's only by this humility that we are able to be meek and not vengeful to others that hurt us. It's only because we have the sense of humility that we are able to be poor in spirit, that we are able to be merciful and show mercy to others because we have received such great mercy as Matt Johnson preached last week. It's only by this we are able to hunger and thirst for righteousness. We want more of it. Why? Because I have fallen vastly short of this great God. I need it. Humility, number one, foundational mark. How are you doing there? How's your growth there? Now we're going to look at growth, but in those three categories again, us, others, and God. So what are the marks that relate to that? Well, the one that relates to us here, and this is probably the most obvious, so I'm not going to dwell on it the most, is that we need to grow in holiness. Jesus says in, in uh, John 8 verse 36 that he, um, that he has been set free is free indeed. That Jesus has set us free from the bondage of sin. If we've crossed the line of faith, we can be sure and guaranteed that once we were slaves to sin and had to do what it wanted to do, but because of the grace of Jesus, we don't have to anymore. That we are free from the bondage of sin. That we can grow and become more like him. It's absolutely essential. And so now that we are free, we need to make sure that our temper, our actions, our words, our attitudes need to be growing. How are we doing there? And that, needs, that requires here, yeah, this requires us to look in. I can't name every sin under the sun, but the ones that you struggle with, are you getting better at it, aren't you? That's a mark. We need to be getting better. The next one uh, relates to others. Relates to others. If we are growing, we are starting to love. 
if we are growing, we are loving others. We're loving all men. We're becoming uh, more patient. We're becoming more meek, more thoughtful, more kind. We have sympathy. We go the extra mile. And even to those people that annoy us most in the office or at school, right? Those ones that just get on your nerves and you, you see them and you cringe. Oh, no, they're going to come talk to me. Oh, no, they're going to do this. I don't have that in your mouth, I'm saying. Um, but we, we know those people we have. Some of you have even got images of them in your heads as I speak. We are meant to love them as well. Love, love for men is love them more and more is a requirement. If we start to grow rather in picking holes in people's character and pointing out their weaknesses rather than loving, there's a good chance that we are backsliding rather than growing. Love for men. It's a love of all men. That's, that's what we need to do. Next one is, is the one that relates to God. Our friendship and our relationship with God is growing. We have more faith and more trust in him. You see, when we first crossed the line of faith, he was our savior, and he always will be. And that grows, that image of him grows, but he's so much more than that. We start to understand that he is our savior, and we, we, grow his pers- we understand more of his person, more of his character. And as we do that, we, it stirs in us more faith, more love, more trust, because he is far greater than just a savior. He's a savior and a friend, savior and a father. And we start to trust him in those areas and we grow. How is your image of Jesus? Has your image of Jesus improved? Is it more? Is he greater than he was when you just got saved because you've grown in knowledge of who he is? Your image of Jesus needs to grow. That's a mark. Okay, Joe, I get it. We got to, we got, there's some benefits to it. There's some marks, but now how? How do we do this? How do we do this? And the first one that relates to the us, others, and, and God one. How do we grow? Well, the first one that falls on us, there's two here, is that there is some private means of grace in which God has given to us so that we might grow. And what I say when I mean that is, is that there are things like reading our Bible, praying, um, some uh, meditation and self-examination are things in which we have to do in order to grow. I tell you now, church, that if we do not get these right, if we do not spend time in our private means in order to grow, we will not grow at all. Jesus says in, in Matthew 4, verse 4, that it's talking about reading Scripture and the importance of Scripture alone. He says, man cannot live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. And if we are to grow, we need to take these more seriously. We need to grow in God's word. We need to spend time praying, having communication with him, sharing our our fears, sharing our hopes, sharing our dreams. We need to be asking him things, listening and spending time in his word so that he might speak into our lives. If we neglect these, we will not grow. We will not And the reason why so many of us aren't growing is because we spend time, yes, but it is careless in prayer. It's short when we read the word and it's it's eagerless. We don't do self-examination and if we do, it is very brief and we don't go far enough to see what applications I need to make change on. And the scripture we read, it's out, the, out our heads and we don't meditate it. The person in Psalm 1 is the one who loves God's word and meditates on it. 
Meditate on day and night. Think about it. We will not grow if we do not get these. But Joey, it is tough. Man, have you read God's word? It is hard. I know. I know it's tough. And you know what Peter that wrote this book, uh, that's the thing is saying growing grace before that he says that he says these words about john uh, about paul's uh, letters he says this in verse 16 or 2 peter 3 16 he says this as he does in all his letters as paul's when he speaks in um, in them of these matters there are some things in them which are hard to understand but very late two verses later he says grow in grace and knowledge grow we need to persevere. It is tough, but we must continue to grow. We must pers- persevere, struggle, wrestle with these things, wrestle with God's word so that we understand what it means. Do not give up because this is life. There's life in those words. And if we give up, we lose so much of who God is. We lose this relationship, this communication of him speaking to us. His primary way of doing so. We lose it. Do not give up. But Joe, I don't have the time, man. I don't have the time. Sleep less. Genuinely, wake up earlier. Go to bed later. Stop watching those programs. Spend some time in God's word. Plan better. This is of utmost importance. Plan better because this, and I'm sorry if I'm coming across harsh and, and strong, but this is for your life. This is utmost importance. Take it more seriously. If you're wanting to grow, this is it. This is it. This also falls under, under the us section. But we need to be watchful. Um, a few months ago, my wife and I were having uh, my family over for supper. We had some curry bunnies. It was absolutely fantastic. I had like half a loaf of bread. It was, it was awesome. I'm on a diet now, so I can, can, can't tell. Um, just hungry. Uh, but it was absolutely fantastic. We had them over, chatted quite a while. Um, and during the conversation, my wife heard a thud in the bathroom. She fended off the conversation, got up, looked down the passage, and, um, and saw nothing. We carried on having a conversation. We chatted longer. We finished off our meal. We had dessert. I said goodbye to my folks. They, they headed off. And um, the South Africa were playing Australia in a, in a, a day-night match. And I hadn't, obviously hadn't been watching because the folks were over. So I quickly went and turned on the TV and sat down to see what we, how well we were doing. We were doing really badly at that stage. Um, we hadn't gone on to go win it yet. And uh, my wife calls me from the bathroom. She says, Joe, please come here. And I'm like, oh, man, I just sat down and watched cricket. Okay, so I get up and I, and I head over. And she's like, Joe, did you leave the bathroom window this open? I had, see, I just had a shower before my folks came. And I opened up the bathroom window so that, um, so that the steam might go out. And uh, I said, no, nah, I can't remember. That's really wide open. I didn't leave it that wide open. She says, what about the dirt on the floor? And I went, no, I swept the house because my, fa- my folks were coming over. You know, you've got to make sure the house, the house is clean. So I had just swept. I was, I was spotless. And, um, and I said, no, man, that was clean. And, be, and while I was processing all this information and closing the window, my wife had walked into the, our bedroom and there was someone inside. Long story short, we got out. He got away. He took nothing. None of us were hurt. God was good. Um, but a bit traumatized. That's really, really about it. But as a result, our landlords have gone and put um, burglar bars on. They've been phenomenal and, and beams in. So, uh, you know, now those are in. We feel a lot more safe and secure. 
and no one had ever broken into my house, so this was a, a new shock for me. And so I, had, I sat down, now we sit down and, and we watch TV, and we, or in the lounge or in the dining room or whatever the case might be, and if we hear a noise, in the past I've been like, ach, it's the wind. You know, oh, it's the fridge. No, man, it's the oven cooling down and it make noises. I know that now because I hear them more often. And, uh, and so, like, there's just, there's, there's a lot of noises. And now in the past, I've just left that, but now I'll go check it. So there's a lot of paused MasterChef. <laughs> like, oh, okay, I'll go, I'll go check what that is. And, and a lot of walking around. But we, we've become more watchful. Because in the past, we thought it was unnecessary. But now, those noises actually might be something that lands in the bathroom. And in the same way, there needs to be a point of us that we are more watchful. We need to make sure that we are checking where our weak spots are. For us... Our bathroom was the one. It had one bar on the top, not the bottom one. And I just thought, Ugh, it doesn't really matter why, because no one's ever broken my house. And it's just, we live in a good area, things are fine, you know, it never happened to us, and it did. So now we've got like Fort Knox on that window, and nothing's going to happen. We've also got beams. And the beams come and they warn when someone comes near a window. And in the very same way, we need to make sure that we get people into our lives that say the thief's creeping at the door. There's someone trying to get in. There's sin over there. Make sure, be watchful. And we need to make sure that there's people in our lives that speak into it. And often we just assume that people will, but no, we don't. We need to invite people to do so. Would you mind getting a close friend and going, hey man, would you speak into my life when you see something? And be ready for it. <laughs> don't get upset, oh, I can't believe you said that. No, be ready for it. Because so often we have blind spots, like I did about the window. And we need people to speak into our lives and say, hey man, watch out. Check where your weaknesses are and get people to speak into your life lovingly and graciously so that you might grow. Do it. All right, that's the us section done. And what about others? What about others? There's also public means in which God grows us. Ratif touched on it earlier that we come to these types of things. We come to church, we go to Bible studies. The prayer meeting that's happening on Wednesday is not a night off, but a means for you to grow. An opportunity for you to come and meet with God, with other believers, to have our hearts in sync, to be able to be encouraged by the grace of God. These services here are for you to hear from God, for you to worship Him. But the problem is, so often, is that we get bored quickly, right? You come, you sit down, and you're like, who's preaching? And then you find it's that one you don't like, not me, hey? <laughs> you find, oh, man, bored of that guy. That guy says stuff I don't agree with. That same voice, oh, man, you get cross. And then you switch off. You don't listen to the whole sermon. Some of you are switching on now. <laughs> you switch off, and you don't listen to the whole sermon. Or you have, you, have, you have worship and they, they play the same song over again. Oh my word, this is like the 30th time I've heard the song. Can't they get new songs? And you switch off. Or they play new songs and you're like, oh, I don't know these words. I can't connect with them. So we switch off. And what happens is we come to this opportunity where God is able to meet with us and we've taken it as just a habitual coming out of coming here. Oh yeah, if God speaks to me, but our hearts aren't even nearly there to meet with him. These are wonderful opportunities. The, what, the, what the church and the body comes up with together, God moves, He graciously does it. We need to take these more seriously. 
become more expectant. Lord, speak into my life. I'm here to worship you and praise you. I'm here to pray about some serious issues. I meet on a Wednesday with my Bible study because there's community and life to live together so that we might grow and glorify you. How are you doing? How are these meetings? Because there's so much we can do. And lastly, the one that relates to God. We've touched on this a little bit. I just want to expand on it a little bit more. But we need to have communion with Christ. Communion with Him. And I'm not talking about the Lord's Supper that we sometimes have once a month in the service. I'm talking about a relationship with Him. You see, it's possible for us to have union with Jesus, but not communion. And what I mean by that is that it's possible for us to be saved and have union, and we've got a relationship, but our our understanding of who he is is very short and limited. You see, as I touched on earlier, Jesus is our savior, but he's so much more than that. He calls in scripture, he calls himself so many things. Vickers touched on, he's our shepherd. He's the one that leads and guides us, who protects us. Are we taking that seriously? Are we pushing into that? Are we committing our lives, committing our causes to him, committing our children to lead and guide him, to help us be good parents, to help us be good spouses? He's our advocate who pleads on our behalf when we sin. Are we using that? He's our physician, our doctor, who's able to come and heal our broken hearts and to heal us of our sicknesses. Are we pushing in there? He's our Father who loves us dearly. He's our friend who is there to be with us through the tough and the good times, to hear our dreams and to hear our plans. He's there for those things. Who is Jesus to you? Is he just a savior? Because he is. Don't don't hear me wrong here. But is he a savior and a friend? Is he a savior and a father? Is he a savior and a priest? There's so many different ways he describes this relationship. Let's take it more seriously. Let's grow there. Because when we push in there, we get to know this great God. We start to grow. A life wasted is not a life worth to live. And if we don't grow and push in to know this Christ, we have wasted our lives. Regardless of how successful you might think you are, if your relationship without, with Christ is weak and poor and you have not grown, it is a life wasted. Do not waste any more time, regardless of whether you're 16 or whether you're 60, or whether you've got a couple of months left, use every moment to know him. Let us grow, church. Let us grow, let us grow, let us grow, let us grow. And let us do so well. Let us push in. Let us strive. Let us move forward. Let us do it. Let us not give up. So much at stake. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we are so grateful that you are our savior, that you came and died for us on the cross, that that chasm that is so wide that we cannot abridge that you have done it for us by simply believing in you. We ask, Lord, that you would stir in us a deep desire to grow. Lord, we want the seed to land on good soil that it might grow well and strong into oaks of righteousness, that we might persevere through the hardness of growing, that we might be able to lay aside sin, that we might be able to dive into your word and prayer, take things seriously. But Lord, we we are well aware that we cannot do this in our own strength. We've been trying for so long and we failed at it. Would you empower us with your spirits? 
Your word says in John 15 verse 5 that apart from you we can do nothing. So Lord, we want to abide in you. Would you fill us and help us, we pray. We desire more and more of you. In Jesus' name, amen.